It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Yo, yo, welcome back to another edition of the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. My name is Gabe Henderson, and today, obviously, I am filling in for Ron Johnson. And as always, though, we got producer Sam Mekstrom on the ones and twos. And here we are, the last day of the week, with another loaded show for you guys today. Coming up on the show, we finally get to hear from the big man, talking about former Minnesota Vikings defensive tackle Michael Pierce, whom, in my opinion, never really got a chance to give a a proper goodbye to the state of Minnesota, but more particularly the Minnesota Vikings. It'll be good to hear from him and get his thoughts on his time in Minnesota, as well as what he's looking forward to now in his second stint with the Baltimore Ravens. To round out the show today, we'll have the Daily Three. That's three topics, three questions, three answers. But before we get to all that, the biggest news here in Minnesota sports right now is the fact that we were less than one way from the start of the 2022 Minnesota Vikings training camp. And Sam, um, I don't know about you, but when I say training camp, I get this bittersweet in my feeling. I I get this bittersweet feeling in my stomach simply because it's sweet (laughs) because football season is back. It's around the corner. We're what, six, we got six months straight of football starting August 5th. But in the same breath, (laughs) I'm like, dude, I just bought a house this past June. I just started enjoying it. And then boom, football season is around the corner. So I feel like home will simply be just like a, a place I visit for eight hours the next six months. But I'm legit mm-hmm. excited about this football season, right? You got a really good team on paper. You got a new regime. But in the same breath, it's like Minnesota winners is one day closer. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, it is always the mark, kind of the, the unofficial end of summer for anybody who works in football. And it really is zero to 60 because you get right. super comfortable in the off season. The June and July months are great because there's very little going on football-wise. And then you suddenly jump immediately in cold turkey to the most intense coverage of the year where it's long days outside watching full practices. You're digesting a lot of content. You're trying to learn 90 players. And that all comes at you fast. And you know that you've got five months in front of you covering this team. So it's going to be a fun team to cover, no doubt. Uh, No shortage of storylines and pretty high expectations. But, yeah, there is always that bittersweet emotion when when training camp comes around. It is uh, about to get busier for you, for me, for anybody associated. Yeah, I think busy is is the right word to use. But it's a good busy, right, because this is what we sign up for every single year. Once the offseason comes, we're like, oh, my gosh, like there's no football and it's blah, blah, blah. We got to watch cornhole or cricket or racquetball on on ESPN+. But now the seven months have went by so quick and now we're back in the thick of things. So it's kind of like pick your poison. I like my poison to be the football season. But in the same breath, you talk about those storylines. And for me, the biggest storyline that I think people aren't talking about is the backup running back position battle here for the Minnesota Vikings. Alexander Madison, that's my guy. And we all know Dalvin Cook, he's a starter here in Minnesota. But Alexander Madison, I don't think this job is his to to, to win or it's 
pen pen or penciled in for him to be the backup running back this year. Mm-hmm. I believe they brought Ty Chandler here for a reason. I believe Kane Wangu is going to have a, a fair opportunity to win that backup starting role. And I think if if you want to solidify that role, you're going to have to have um, your <laughs> you're going to have to have your feet in the water when it comes to to being on special teams. Alexander Madison never really played special teams outside of kickoff return for this for this Mike Zimmer uh, regime the past few years. But Alexander Madison is going to say, okay, he's going to have to, you know, be a gunner on punt return or, or be somebody on kick return if he really wants to win this job. But I'm just speaking of, you know, my storylines or the things that I'm looking at. Is there a, a, a underrated story or a storyline that you got your eyes on, Sam? I'm going to keep people in suspense about my storylines, Gabe. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You've got uh, lines for MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf, as well as live in-game betting, sports wagering information. They've got scores and podcasts to keep you fully up to date at Bet Online. Head there today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. Storylines that I'm watching for, Gabe Henderson. I want to see front seven rotation. How is this thing going to look? With Ed Donatel's defense, you've got now traditional edge rushers that are standing up. They're sort of in that outside linebacker role uh, who are going to fill in the depth positions on the defensive line. I, I don't know how I feel about the Vikings' depth with without you know Everson Griffin in the mix anymore. Sheldon Richardson not in the mix anymore. Um, so I want to figure out who like the 10 defensive linemen are going to be. Yeah. On this team, I think that they've got a good start with Zedarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. Um, I like Harrison Phillips. Who else? Who else is going to contribute? Because inevitably, there's going to be a rotation on the defensive line. Inevitably, there are going to be injuries on the defensive line. So you've got to have depth there. And the Vikings have learned the hard way the past couple of years what they look like without that depth. With Everson Griffin's issues, Daniil Hunter's injuries, they've realized that, man, without our top two uh we're, we're not getting anywhere and i think yeah. that's what that's what i'm concerned about is are they top heavy or are they deep and i'd like them to be deeper than they were last year with that pass rush yeah if, if you can get deeper with that pass rush with a, a pass rush that was top five in the league last year with all those injuries i believe this vikings team is going to be uh, the defense at least is going to be a force to reckon with quasi adolfo Mensa, back in february he said this off well this defense is built to make the job easier for the cornerbacks. So if the cornerbacks are gonna be the weakest position on the field, that tells you if you're a defensive lineman or an outside linebacker in this 3-4 defense, that the pressure is on you. You gotta get pressure to the quarterback. Zadarius Smith, we signed you to a three-year, $47 million deal to get to the quarterback alongside Daniel Hunter, who is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. It's already been proven. He just has to stay healthy. Like you said, once you start getting towards that interior defensive line, the Harrison Phillips of the world, the Dalvin Tomlinson's of the world, those guys are going to have to start putting pressure on the quarterback and winning their gaps. If you if you are supposed to be in an A gap and you're supposed to hold up your lineman so the running back doesn't get through, that's your job. You may not get a sack, but your job is to make it easier on everybody else. So it's going to be a, a collective group effort. I know a lot of people are talking about the Vikings offensive side of the ball also, but I'm, I'm not too concerned with the offensive side of the ball. I think they're, they're, they're going to be um, set in stone for what they can do. I think there will be a top 10 offense, but we're talking about the defense right now. 
they're going to have to step up, especially in the absence of some of the guys that, that were here last year. And I'm just speaking of one guy in particular who didn't play as much as we wanted him to, but when he got in, he made plays. And I'm talking about Michael Pierce. We talked to him. We're about to talk to him in a couple of minutes, but I want to see who steps up in that role because when Michael Pierce played those seven or eight games last year, his presence was felt. So is that Harrison Phillips? Is that Dalvin Tomlinson? Is that Jalen Twyman? Is that somebody that we don't even know about right now? That nose guard position for this Minnesota Vikings team has to be a force to be reckoned with. And a guy that I know that did a really good job, whether that was in Baltimore before he got to Minnesota or his seven games here in Minnesota, is Michael Pierce. I'm talking about the former Minnesota Vikings defensive tackle who recently resigned this offseason with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm talking about the juggernaut, my guy, Michael Pierce. What's going on, man? How you doing? Good morning, man. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Man, no complaints at all. I know um, it's summertime right now. We were talking about it earlier, right? Like it's that time of the year where, you know, you get that that sweet feeling of like, all right, it's football season. But in the same breath, it's like, dude, like some, summer is already over. Like, how is it where you are? Um, I just left Alabama. I'm in Maryland now. Um, moving some stuff, yeah. but uh, it's hot. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, summer is over, but the heat won't stop until the middle of September. So uh, we got a little while to go, a little ways to go. So, question, man, like, so so when do the butterflies kick in, right? Because usually, like, after mini camp, you got, like, a month off. Like, every year, every year in the league, you get that mini camp and you get that month off or so, and then you start to get back in the groove, like, training camp and everything. So, like, when does the, the butterflies start? Is it, like, after the fourth or during the fourth or when? Oh, uh, I'll say it's, like, right after. So, you know, I, okay. I tend to start sleeping light probably, like, last week. <laughs> so we report on the 26th. So last week you start sleeping light. You start obsessing over you know, is everything in place to where I can just hit the field running? So, um, yeah, probably like right after the fourth, but it'll kick in like two weeks before camp. I'm like, all right, I need to tighten anything that I haven't tightened down. And, you know, basically at that point, you you right there on the field. So, I think I think people forget that, uh, you know, while we do get off for the fourth, for like at least the players, like you still got to grind. Like it's still one of those things where it's like, man, we still like, yeah, I get some time off, but like I still got to find, you know, three, four hours or sometime during the week to still get this grinding because you don't want to come back out of, you don't want to come back to camp out of shape. Right, right. No, man, Um, I say for me, that's why I do a, the bulk of my running is right before, you know, just making sure your cardio, especially as a bigger guy, um, you know, your cardiovascular has to, you know, hold you not only through practice, but right up until the season. So, um, you know, you have your little drinks on the 4th of July and then uh, you got to tailor it on back, man. Because, um, yeah, you you literally probably like 20 days until you got a report. So um, if you're chilling too hard, it'll tell on you quick. Yeah, I feel that, man. Well, you know, like I, like we started this conversation, um, you were up here in Minnesota for two years, played here for one. You set out the COVID year. But um, I, I really wanted I – mean, we were talking before, like I really wanted to give this opportunity for you to, you know, I don't know if it's closure, but like when you got released by the Vikings, oh, shoot, like we love Michael Pierce, blah, 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 blah. But for you, like for starters, how would you describe your time in Minnesota? Um, I, I did an exit interview right after the season. I'll just say it's incomplete, or it was incomplete for me. Um, I felt like I definitely had a lot more to give. I started off hot. I mean, before that even, we had the COVID year. And, uh, you know, my right. upper respiratory, whatever, you know, I, I, I decided to sit out. So 
that's a wasted year. Um, and then, you know, I started off hot and I was playing really well. I think I played well in each and every uh, of the six or seven games I did play in. But um, unfortunately, the injury bug bit me like never before. So, um, yeah, tore my calf right before camp, right after July 5th, I think. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I set out a little bit, but made it back for the first game, made it back for camp for the bulk of it. So that was great. Um, started out hot with two sacks. Play well, play well, play well. And then uh, Cleveland game, I tore my tricep. And um, if you know anything about defensive line, you can't do anything about dang tricep. So um, fought my way back, came back, played well against Pittsburgh and Detroit and a few other teams. But for the most part, man, if I definitely, you know, sacks-wise, that was a career year for me. But um, just putting everything together, I felt like, I was on the right track to, you know, forward my game and, you know, put the world on notice that I could do a little bit more than run stuff. And so, um, unfortunately, you know, the injury bug bit me, but put a lot of work in this offseason to make sure that doesn't happen again. I feel that 100%, man. You look at it, I mean, I think my my first impression of you, like, on the field was that uh, Cincinnati Bengals game, those two sacks where you sacked Joe Burrow, you rubbing the belly. Or you blowing kisses to the to the fans, and it's like, all right, like Mike Mike is here. This is what we were missing out on. But in the same breath, like you said, things started to transpire, like certain things out of your control. So, I, I think my question for you is, if if you could change anything during your stay in Minnesota, would you, if anything? Um, that's it. I wish they. The only thing I can say for real, for real, outside of you know injuries, which we all know those are just. They're inevitable, but you just pray yeah. to happen to you. Um, I wish they'd have had the vaccine earlier so I could have played my my first year on the contract. So, um, yeah, I, I hate it just watching those games and just missing football, man. Uh, like I said, I've been playing this game since I was four. I'm turning 30 this year. So, what, it's 26 man. years of football, and then you just miss it. And like I said, I think that, you know, I'll probably have – Signed a three-year deal here, so this will probably be it. So you don't want to, especially at the end, miss those years where you feel like you're on top of your game. And I think Coach Dre really taught me a ton. And uh, it's going to keep continue to show as long as I play. But um, obviously, you want to take the injuries away. And I wish I could just sit there and play every game. So yeah. the vaccine was, in, you know, at the top of the, the mandate of COVID. I for sure would have got out there and played. But. Um, just looking back on it, man, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, our game is, is how it goes sometimes. And, you know, Drew Brees got hurt and he ended up with the Saints and he made a lot out of his time with the Saints. So um, I won't be playing nowhere near as long as Drew Brees, but I think I still got a little, <laughs> little left in the tank, man. <laughs> no, I feel that, man. Uh, you said you you played ball, what, 26 years? Like you played since you were four? Like, mm-hmm. have, have you ever had a season in your 26 years? that were decided by so many close games like they were last year? No, no, man, we, that was, I mean, even the year before it was, it was like that just watching, you know, I was a part of the team, but from afar, um, not at all. So I remember the Cincinnati game was a heartbreaker, Arizona the same way. I don't know, nobody could really put their finger on why it was happening or anything like that, but, um. For some reason, we just kept finding ourselves in those tight, tight battles. And, you know, most of those games in NFL are between three or four points. But we have one-point loss, two-point loss. Um, the thing that I can say about those guys in, the, in that locker room is they're resilient, man. And 
even when the chips weren't falling our way early, they keep we kept fighting, we kept fighting, we kept fighting, and obviously we didn't make it to the playoffs. But those guys got a lot of heart, man. A lot of respect for them. Man, I understand that. You know, everything happens for a reason, right? And you know, the journey. I mean, it's all about the journey, not not the end destination. And right now, on your journey, you're back in Baltimore, where it started. And I know when you look at that, it's like, oh, well, he's back at home. So. Was that transition a little bit easier going back? Like, did you just basically put the sh some of the shoes that were in your closet in Minnesota back at your back at your home in Baltimore, or how did that work out? Yeah, basically, man, I found a place in the same neighborhood, uh, <laughs> right down the street from the facility. So, um, like I said, for me, if I, you know, I obviously had to leave, but um, I'm glad I don't have to start over, especially being the older guy. Um, I know the coaching staff, I know the GM, I know um, a lot of players are still here, so. Um, like I said, never wanted, never envisioned, never envisioned leaving Minneapolis. But um, you know, God has His way of doing things. It's higher than my way of thinking. But like I said, for me as an older guy now, you know, once you hit thirty, you're old in the league. So um, <laughs> it's good to be somewhere where you know, obviously, I know them. It's a, it's a familiarity there, and um, they know what I can do, and they also saw a lot of what I can do um in the past rush. So. That was there, definitely beneficial for my time in Minneapolis. All right, talk to me about this, man. I know we talked about it a little bit before when you were in Minnesota. Jackson, right? Like, outside looking in, he's just like a freak of nature, like one of the best, well, most athletic quarterbacks we've ever seen. But you get to see what he does. And you, you get to see what he does in practice pretty much every day, whether that's, you know, you're on the bench watching him playing against scout team because you were at the ones, or you're just like ones versus ones. Like, describe just who he is as a player and then as a person? Um, on the football field, man, he is, uh, I kind of liken him to like Daniel Hunter. They just aliens, man. It's some <laughs> stuff that you will just see these people do that, you know, obviously we all professional athletes at this point. Um, I've been one of the best nose guards in the game, been playing with Terrell Suggs and all that kind of stuff. But it's just another level that, you know, when stuff breaks down, those guys just tend to shine above everybody else. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's plenty of times where, you know, we do an inter-squad practice, um, or, you know, just ones-on-ones. -on -ones. We do that a lot uh, during camp. So um, if you're not careful, you can literally roll your ankle, look stupid, turn around, look the wrong way, et cetera, et cetera, man. The dude is a, just an amazing athlete. And like I said, playing with Daniil Hunter, you see him do some things, and it happens in a split second where he's blocked, everybody's blocked, and, you blink and he's taking the quarterback down. Same thing with Lamar, man. Um, you know, those runs, you know, you can't hit them in practice, but those elusive moves that you see on Madden and all that stuff is 10 times worse when you've got to actually deal with this crap in, you know, in practice every day. So um, I like for him to take it easy on me. I had to get readjusted, all that. But um, <laughs> long story short, man, he's an awesome dude, down to earth guy um, from Miami, uh, just true to himself. Um, that's what's yeah. the most, uh, you know, blossoming thing about him. He's true to himself. He doesn't try to be who he isn't. Um, he leads in his own way. And that's something that, you know, we've always embraced here in Baltimore. And uh, nah, he's just a really good guy, man, and loves the game and does his best to win. As you can see, he uh, fights till, till there's nothing left. So that's all you can really ask from the quarterback, man. Man, I heard I, I, you sound a little upset too when you were like, man, I, I get tired of seeing some of that crap in practice because it's just like, dude, like you, you got to stop this. You gotta, I, I need to hit the quarterback. I need to get a good look. But I mean, he's just like you said, a freak of nature. So it, it's different. Right.
Right. No, that throws your angles off. You think you had a pursuit angle, obviously. You know, he ain't run the 40, but I'm nowhere near adept at catching this dude. So if you know him, if I stay on the track and if he blows by or he cuts back, I just keep on keep on going. So uh, yeah. normally when we play normal quarterbacks, there may be a quarterback hit or something, but uh, with eight, you, you kind of get a pass from the D-line coach. So they don't cuss you out or anything like that because they, they, they see it just like you have to see it. So um, no, I, I normally get credit if I, if I get close mm. to the quarterback. Um, they, there's, I mean, Kyler Murray is just as, you know, he's pretty quick, but ain't nobody like eight. So if I can get close to him, that means I'm, I'm doing all right. Bro, that, look, I'm gonna get you out of here with this. It's two part question. One, what would be like your, your final parting words for Minnesota Vikings fans that, you know, you know, big Michael Pierce fans, but it just didn't work out the way it worked out. And then two, what are you most looking forward to being back in Baltimore? Um, I'll just say thank you for embracing me. Um, I know this was, you know, those two years were, you know, disappointing to y'all, obviously, even more so disappointing to me. Um, that's not how I intended to come in and or go out. So um, very, very much so apologies, but um, the embrace from the city, the love that, you know, I don't even care. They Michael Pierce fans, the fans of the Vikings are just so warm. And um, I enjoy walking downtown, living downtown, just being around the city, man. It's a, Big football town. Um, I loved it. Loved hmm. it. Miss Lake Minnetonka dearly. So, um, no, especially to the boys, man. Dalvin, both of the Dalvins, Kirk, Adam, thank y'all all for uh, embracing me. Um, I'm going to be rooting for y'all, um, you know, just from afar. So, um, I think I'm most excited to be back in Baltimore is um, uh, just the familiarity, man. Um, just being healthy and playing the best I can play and taking those tools that Coach Dre instilled in me and putting this in, putting it into this system and, you know, being an older guy in the locker room, just helping mold the young guys. So um, winning is number one, obviously, but um, also taking those tools that I learned and I unleashed a little bit in Minneapolis and bringing it over here and putting a little mix on it. So um, obviously I'm forever grateful for Coach Dre, Daniil, Griff, praying for you, brother, always. And uh, like I said, Dalvin Thomas is my boy for life. And uh, mm -hmm. no, wishing everybody the best and wishing myself a healthy season and about to get it rolling here in a few days. Man, absolutely. Well, that's Michael Pierce off the field, the juggernaut on the field. I'm honored to call you a friend, man. Best of luck going forward. Looking forward to talking to you, bro. Appreciate it, brother. Y'all have a blessing. Yes, sir. It's a great day in the Ekstrom household. You know why? Because I got a fresh shipment of built bars right to my door and I can't wait to dig in. I'll probably go have a built bar after this show to recharge uh they're healthy they're tasty they're a gift to your taste buds and there's a new flavor that i'm practically drooling over coconut brownie chunk built bars and they've been given the puffs treatment delicious marshmallowy 100 real chocolatey flavor so good coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time so go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15 for coconut brownie chunk built bars and do it now. All right, always good talking to Michael Pierce. Glad to hear his final thoughts or his final impressions on his time here in Minnesota. But as we move on to the show, we get to, I guess, the fan favorite part. I'm talking about the Daily Three. 
Let's get into it, Gabe. I got three questions for you, three minutes each, starting with Bill Barnwell, ESPN.com, ranked all the skill positions in the league or the, the group of skill players, I should say, for each team. Where did the Vikings skill players land? Pretty well. Number four in football. Who were they behind? San Francisco, number three, Las Vegas, number two. Wouldn't have thought that, but Devontae Adams, I guess. And Cincinnati, number one. Gabe, your thoughts on where the Vikings fell in skill, position, talent? I mean, if, if we're saying the Vikings are fourth behind the Las Vegas Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers, I would say they should be second in that in that race. The Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in the league, you have a case there. But when I think about skill positions, you're simply talking about wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, cornerbacks, and safeties. Outside of that, the linebackers and fullbacks or whatnot or tight ends, those are simply intermediate positions. And then you have the offensive linemen and D-linemen, which are the big guys. So we're just talking about the outside guys, right? What's his name? Hunter Renfro? I would take Justin Jefferson over Hunter Renfro. I would probably, I mean, Adam Thielen can make a case right there too for with, with Hunter Renfro. But at the same time, you got Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. Okay, I, I that, that's a that's an area that I would give uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. But I'm taking Dalvin Cook over um, their running back there. I believe his last name is Jacobs. I can't think of his first name right now. I'm Josh taking Jacobs. Dalvin Cook Josh Jacobs, uh, running back at Alabama, played a few years ago. I'm taking Dalvin Cook over him any day of the week. Accuracy-wise and just being a better quarterback, I would probably take Kirk. I think there are some things that a lot of people argue in the locker room or outside of the locker room that, uh, what's his name, that uh, Derek Carr has over Kirk. But honestly, I, I would probably take Kirk Cousins in that situation. Safeties, I mean, you got Harrison Smith, who is one of the best safeties in the NFL. And then I'm not sure if, if the the – Las Vegas Raiders have a standout corner right now. I know they have some guys that are budding, but right now I'm, I'm going to take the, the future Hall of Famer, Patrick Peterson, over those guys. So I would take that over uh, Las Vegas for sure. When you talk about the San Francisco 49ers, they got Brandon Nayuk and um, um, the, the Swiss Army Knife. I mean, Swiss Army Knife, he, he's, he's going to – he, he's going to win that race by a long shot because he can do so many different things. But I, I still think that the – the, the trio and Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson, I'm just taking those guys any day of the week over uh, the, the two guys that the, the, the um, San Francisco 49ers have. I, I may be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm open for discussion, but I, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I, I just think that the Minnesota Vikings are a little bit better than that. I do think the Cincinnati Bengals do have a lot of more, a lot better skill positions than the Vikings, but that, that's still an argument to have too. Yeah. I probably left you hanging out to dry a little bit here because Barnwell had his own definition of what a skill player is, and it was wide receiver, running back, and tight end. So for what are, whatever that's worth, Darren like Darren Waller for the Raiders, for instance, would influence that list, and that's probably why they got their yeah. ranking. Um, but I feel like num it's, it's not bad to be number four. It's not bad to be in right. the, the top, you know, basically 10% of the league. How about this? Kyler Murray signs a $230 million extension, Gabe. That was a pretty polarizing topic over the offseason. There were reports of him being disgruntled in Arizona when everybody just assumed he's just leveraging for money. Well, he got it. He got $46 million per year. He's the number two paid quarterback in football, Gabe. 
Will the Cardinals regret this decision, or is this going to be uh, chump change once he's uh, winning MVPs? I, I don't. I, I personally, I can't see Kyler Murray winning MVPs in the future. Um, I think he is a really good quarterback, but is he the second best quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely not. Um, will they regret it? I think they will. I think this is a, a case where you could probably. You probably could have traded Kyler Murray, got some really good assets, probably would have, could have got a, a franchise quarterback for that, and then built towards that. With Kyler Murray, I don't think he's a Lamar Jackson type of player where you have to change your entire offense, but you do have to change your offense around Kyler Murray. And I, 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 I'm I, a huge fan of the, the running quarterback or the new day and age of quarterbacks, but I still have yet to see a, a run-first quarterback or a quarterback that, that likes to run the ball as Kyler Murray win a Super Bowl. I mean, you have to have that balance. And Kyler Murray, I mean, the last year he was injured a little bit. So does his body withstand the, the test of time? We'll see. But I don't think, you know, a $230 million deal was the right move to make. I, personally, if I was a GM, I probably would have let Kyler Murray play uh, through that last year of his contract and then paid him towards the middle of the year. But, I, I mean, you, you do run the risk of saying, okay, well, Kyler Murray is not going to report to – to um, training camp, or he's not going to, he's just going to hold out like a Le'Veon Bell did. So there's a, you know, some give and take there, but I, I do think they'll regret this move um, five to 10 years down the road. Yeah. You know, there's definitely the thought that what he showed early last year, he was probably one of the most exciting players in football. If you look at the body of work though, it is pretty underwhelming record 22, 23 and one completion percentage, 67%. Uh, he's never had a 4,000-yard season. He's had 10 or more interceptions every season. Touchdown-interception ratio, 70 to 34, so basically 2 to 1. I mean, mm -hmm. you want to have – obviously, you want your record to be better, but you want to have 4,500-yard seasons. You want to have a 3 to 1 ratio. You want to have a 70% completion percentage. So there, there's a lot there left on the bone as a passer. As a scrambler, as a runner, he's special. He's super special, but as you alluded to, we, we've learned that there is more to winning in the playoffs right. than just mobility, um, and, and that's why that so many you know immobile quarterbacks are very successful in this league because they have other pieces to their game as well, including the mental game upstairs. Uh, we'll see, though. He's only 24, so there's a lot yeah. of time left for Murray to, to get on the right track. Last one for you. i got to fit a Kirk Cousins topic in here. So Locked On Sports has been counting down the top 50 most valuable players in football based on their impact on the betting market. So we partnered with our sponsors, Bet Online, and we've been counting down the top 50. So yesterday, Kirk Cousins was in the top 20. He is the 14th most impactful player, or tied for 13th, I should say, with Matt Ryan. He swings the line by four points just by existing. If he was out, the Vikings would be le uh, four points less on the betting line. Uh how do you feel about that, just this concept in general, Gabe, just kind of evaluating where players land in terms of value, and do you think that's about right for Kirk Cousins, or do you think that there's a higher impact that he brings? Yeah, so the, the, the overall scheme of it, I think a lot of it has to deal with, you know, where the teams are. Like you saw Trevor Lawrence on this list, right, and he's, what, 20th? But in the same breath, you know, the Jaguars really need him. So I understand his impact is, is very high on that list. I think Kirk Cousins' impact is more uh, value than a Derek Carr who's in front of Kirk. I think Derek Carr was 13 on this list. So 
or Derek Carr was 12 on this list. Kirk Cousins was 14. I think Kirk Cousins makes a bigger impact than a, than a Derek Carr. I mean, just look at the the Green Bay Packers game last year. Like, we we had, what, two first downs when we had two explosives? Kirk Cousins, yeah, he's not going to be the flashiest quarterback, right? He's not going to, you know, pull the ball down and, and run for 40 yards or do certain things that, that, that make you say, oh, man, like this guy is, you know, uh, the next superstar. But Kirk Cousins does a lot of things for this Vikings offense that goes unnoticed. I believe just based off of this list, Kirk Cousins is, is a more accurate quarterback than any of these guys on this list. And accuracy plays a huge deal when it comes to playing the quarterback position. Yeah, when Kirk Cousins gets gets pressure in his face, that's when people say, okay, that that uh, that value goes down a little bit. But I think that th- this line is a little skewed. I think Kirk Cousins makes a bigger impact than what people are, are, are saying. But in the same breath, you look at it and you say, there's room for – for improvement, right? If, if if this offense, if Kirk, if Kevin O'Connell was going to give Kirk Cousins the keys to this offense, then his value is only going to go up. So I think this number will either go up or go down by the middle to the end of the season. But I think it's pretty spot on right now. I'll maybe move him up a, a couple of more spots. All right. The top 10 of this list was just revealed moments ago by Locked On Sports. Would you like okay. to hazard a guess, Gabe? who the number one most impactful player is in the NFL based on betting impact? Aaron Rodgers. Incorrect. Not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Or I'm just thinking of, is it a quarterback? Yes. Lamar Jackson. Nope. I'll give you two two more guesses. Two more guesses. Patrick Mahomes. Is number two. Josh Allen? Correct. Wow. I can see that. He's, I can see he's that. He's worth an eight-point swing, which to <laughs> me is insane. It's insane that he'd be more than Mahomes. That's crazy. So I don't know if they're taking into account just like the, that the backup is really bad in Buffalo. Isn't it Trubisky? Yeah. I don't know who it is. No, he's with the Steelers. Trubisky now. Okay, it is. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Check out the list though at Locked On Podcast. Very interesting concept. Yeah, this. Uh, I'm sure these numbers will will you know have some some teetering range between now and uh, next February. But I, I can see why Josh Allen is probably the most impactful player in the NFL on that list. You, I mean, you can make the argument of Pat Mahomes, but what we're going to see this year how Pat Mahomes does without Tyree Kill because if the Chiefs, you know, take a, a hard turn left and Pat Mahomes isn't hurt, then you have to put Tyreek Hill at number two at that point. So we'll, we'll see. But Josh Allen, that, that's that's fair. In my opinion, I believe that's fair because he is a really good quarterback. And if he's not there, Stephon Diggs doesn't have the year. That offense doesn't have the year. I don't think that defense is as good as it's, as it's been. Their defense has been top three the past four years. So a lot of that, in my opinion, is attributed to Josh Allen because he's keeping the defense the Bills defense on the bench. So we'll see how that how that fares out. Yeah, no doubt. He's an exciting player. He deserved to be in the uh, AFC Championship last year, and I uh, can't wait to see how he develops. Absolutely, man. Well, speaking of develop, this show has officially come to an end. Sam, I appreciate you as always. Uh, Matt, our producer in the back, this was a, a great show. Ron Johnson, I'm sure he'll be back next week, but in the meantime, Fans, you will be seeing a lot of me coming on, well, coming through this season. So stay tuned right here to the Ron Johnson Show 
on Locked On Sports. We will see you on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.